Hello and welcome to A New African Mind, a podcast that focuses on reshaping our views on mental health as Africans. I'm your host, Petrina Edusei, and you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as MBS Care for helpful tools and tips about mental health. Today we're going to be talking about depression. I'll explain what depression is and looks like, the symptoms, the causes, and ways in which we can help combat depression. One key thing that I'll highlight has to do with the cultural differences. And I think I'd like to start with that first. It's very common to hear an African adult say, ah, these people, you have time for depression. You have time on your hands to think about these things. Or make comments like, you have food, you have a place to live, you have money. How can you afford to be depressed? And it's basically that you have to have a good reason to feel depressed. And these reasons have to be tangible. This is often because the picture of depression that has been shown in the media over time is usually of a person who is extremely sad, doesn't want to get out of bed, doesn't want to leave for work. Um, Most of the movies, it's like the person is indoors, maybe they've had a broken heart and someone walks in and there's a mess all over and the person hasn't bathed for a number of days. And so this is the idea that we have about what depression is. Contrary to what a lot of us know depression to look like, in our context, it can look very different. Depression won't always look like somebody who is unable to get out of bed and do anything. One of the reasons this is the case is because for a lot of African countries, Ghana for instance, we don't have a support system for a person not being able to go to work. There's nothing like a place or a government institution where you can get money or get paid if you are unemployed, um, get money for disability, you know, get welfare. So if an illness knocks you down so much that you are unable to work, you are really on your own without the help of friends and family and maybe your own savings. No government institution is really going to come to your aid. Another reason is the way our society works and the extreme stigma on mental health. So a strong desire not to seem as though there is something wrong with me mentally can sometimes be enough push for a person to not succumb. And I'm using that word very loosely, succumb to the symptoms that they're experiencing. So we have a lot of high-functioning, depressed people in our society. If we or people around us have ever been honest, you will find out that a lot of people you know went through depressive episodes. Another reason why depression can look different in our context is because depression comes with some physiological symptoms as well. So things like body aches, um, difficulty eating, sleeping, or vice versa, eating too much or sleeping too much. I'll go into the symptoms some more um, in a few minutes. But what will happen is that you'll find a person who's struggling with depression going to the hospital for these symptoms. And if you're fortunate enough to speak to a doctor who understands the importance of mental health, they can listen to you and engage in a line of questioning that can help reveal if you're experiencing a depressive episode. Another symptom of depression, which is irritability, is so common in our society. You see it manifest in parenting, you see it manifest at work. And so a person who may be going through that is like, I'm just stressed out, I have so much on my plate. But really and truly, there might be something happening underneath the surface that we don't see. And until the person opens up about what they're really feeling, it does not seem as though they're experiencing depression. So what is depression? One of the symptoms that we all know about the most is the depressed mood, the extreme feeling of deep sadness and sorrow that doesn't seem to be alleviated after two weeks. As mentioned before, another symptom of depression has to do with your appetite. So it can either be you have difficulty eating, no appetite at all, 
or you're eating too much, way more than usual with sleep. It could be that you have difficulty falling asleep or when you fall asleep, it's hard to stay asleep. And then the, the, the other end of it could be you find yourself sleeping too much, not being able to wake up and get out of bed. Irritability is another f- symptom of depression. With irritability, you find that the, the things that didn't used to irritate you before seem to do so more so than ever. A lack of concentration also occurs. It's hard for you to focus on basic tasks, the things that you did um, previously with ease, it becomes very difficult to focus on them. It's almost as if you're, you have a, a brain fog is what um, a lot of people who experience depression will say. Depression is also accompanied with symptoms like body pains. Back pain and headaches are very common. Another one it has to do with gastrointestinal issues, so stomach issues, digestive issues. There's also a strong feeling of worthlessness, a strong feeling that you are not good enough, a strong feeling that you are not capable. You won't be able to get through whatever it is you're dealing with. You won't be able to overcome the feeling. Depression can also affect your movement. So what can happen is that you begin to move very sluggishly or sometimes because of the irritability, you find that you are becoming more fidgety than you were before. It can also lead to the abuse of substances in order to numb or to not feel this immense sorrow that you're feeling. Another marker of depression is suicidal ideation. So having thoughts that you would want things to end, sometimes it may not even be that you want to take your own life or you intend to do so, but you wish your life as you know it would end because you see no way out. So these are just some of the main um, symptoms of depression people experience. There are many others and sometimes if you have depression with anxiety or any other disorder, you can have multiple other symptoms. Depression can become so severe that a person can experience what we call psychosis. So the person can start hallucinating, seeing, hearing, feeling things that don't exist. They can have delusions, believing that someone is out to get them. So these are just general symptoms to have an idea of. If any of the ones I've mentioned sound familiar to you based on your experience or something someone has told you, they're more than likely experiencing a depressive episode. Now, It's very important to note that many of us at some point in time in our lives will experience a depressive episode. It could be because of the loss of a loved one, the loss of a job, the end of a relationship, a very stressful time in their lives. It's very common. There's nothing wrong with going through that. Sometimes life just gets so challenging that our minds and our bodies start to shut down under the immense pressure. And then you may have prolonged depression where it's gone on for months and sometimes years. And then you can have a person cycle through depression where they can have it for a certain number of months and then they feel better. There are so many technical names for this. In another episode, I'm going to break down the different types of depression, what they look like, treatments, and so on and so forth. So this is just a brief introduction into what depression is and what it looks like, especially for us in an African context. Another type of depression that exists is seasonal affective disorder, where when you're living in a foreign country that has winter, you find that during the cold seasons, that's why it's called seasonal, you experience depression. And then once the sun starts coming out, starts to get warmer, you end up feeling much better. So if you're an African who's living in in a country that has a cold season and you find that this is happening to you, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not abnormal don't feel bad about it. It's actually something that's very common. This affects a lot of Africans and non-Africans alike. So what are the causes of depression? 
So following things that I'm going to talk about are things that happen that make you predisposed to developing depression. Predisposition means that you have a likelihood of developing it. There is no guarantee that you will develop it, which means that even though you may be predisposed to developing depression, under the right circumstances, you will not. And under the wrong circumstances, you almost certainly will. One example is when you are the child of a parent who has depression, whether or not they were officially diagnosed or they knew or not, if you have a parent who had depression, you're more likely to develop it than somebody whose parent didn't have it. For us, it's kind of difficult because our parents came from a generation where that was almost non-existent. And so you could have been living with a parent who was experiencing depression and they wouldn't have even known. So to know that you have a parent with depression would be difficult because we didn't see much of this happening. So a family history of depression more than likely leads to an individual from that family developing the likelihood of having depression. Another important cause of depression has to do with adverse childhood experiences. So a study was conducted called the ACES study, and it had to do with adverse childhood experiences. And what they found was that when you scored a certain number on this questionnaire, you more than likely would develop psychological challenges, significant ones such as depression, drug abuse, so on and so forth. Trauma is a big culprit in this. So if you are someone who has experienced trauma before or experienced prolonged trauma as a child, more likely than not, you will struggle with depression as an adult if there are no protective factors. Trauma can range from things like sexual abuse, verbal abuse, physical and emotional abuse, having to witness the abuse of someone else in your home, extreme poverty and struggle. Again, remember, I am not saying that this is a guarantee, but these are precursors. Under the right conditions, protective factors, it is possible for a person not to develop their depression. Chronic illness is another one. So if you've had to deal with a chronic illness for years or chronic pain for years, a lot of people in such situations have gone on to develop depression. And it makes sense. If you have an illness that causes you a lot of discomfort and just won't go away, eventually your mind and your brain starts to believe that things won't get better. And I think I may not have mentioned this, but depression is also marked by a strong feeling of hopelessness, feeling as though things can't and won't get better. Substance abuse has been known to be linked to depression. Increasing evidence that says that depression doesn't come as a result of using or abusing substances, but rather people were using the substances to avoid dealing with the depression they were experiencing. So in effect, there's a close relationship as to which comes before the other the jury is still a bit out on that. Another type of depression, which is postpartum depression that has to do with childbirth, it's been found that mothers who have had depression before or mothers who had a tough pregnancy had any challenges that had to do with the loss of blood have a higher likelihood of developing postpartum depression. Again, remember this is a brief introduction. We'll delve deeper into it in another episode. You've heard me use the term protective factors. What are these protective factors? Protective factors are things that protect us from developing psychological disorders or the harshness of the challenges that we experience. For instance, you could come from a very abusive home and end up being adopted by or live with other people who treat you with unconditional love, positive regard, teach you how to manage your emotions um, in a healthy way. You have the opportunity to go to therapy and talk through things. These are things that can help offset the impact 
of the trauma. And again, I'm saying they can help. I didn't say they will help. So it's never a we can guarantee the situation, but it has been found that protective factors are helpful in preventing a person from developing psychological disorders or having challenges due to the causes. So how do we treat depression? Depression is treated in a number of ways. At the very top of all that is therapy. Regardless of what you use, therapy is very important where you can talk through your challenges with someone who you can trust, someone who doesn't judge you. You can share your deepest, darkest secrets without worrying that it will be told to somebody else. A number of us are carrying so much trauma from our childhood that we haven't been able to share with anyone. And this is where therapy helps. In therapy, you'll learn very helpful tips and tools to navigate your depressive episodes. You'll be taught exercises that you can do, the way in which your mind works, your thoughts. Your therapist will guide you to address those. I have been to therapy and I can tell you that it works. A part of me wishes I had known I had that option at a much earlier age. Nevertheless, I found it very helpful. I find that my clients find it very helpful. So you might say I'm biased because this is my work, but no, I have been on the receiving end of therapy and I can guarantee that when you have a therapist that you're a good fit with and you do the work that you are given, you often end up with good results. The next is medication. There are chemicals in our bodies that are associated with depression. And so medication helps us, especially in situations where therapy only hasn't worked. It's used in moderate to severe forms of depression. The idea of antidepressants is that hopefully you take them for some time and then as you are working through therapy, you can taper off gradually and be able to function on your own. But there are some situations where for one reason or another, your brain is not cooperating as much and so you may need to remain on the antidepressant long term. There is nothing wrong with that. Just the same way some people were born with diabetes and they will have to be on insulin. It's the same thing with depression. Some people are able to manage their diabetes with their diet only and other people need to have insulin. Remember, the reason why this podcast exists is to reshape our ideas of mental health. So if you or someone you know has to remain on antidepressants because they need that extra help, it doesn't mean they're lazy. It doesn't mean they're not trying hard enough. Sometimes we need extra help. Then we have an extreme intervention that is called electroconvulsive therapy, which is ECT. And that involves sending small shocks through the brain to get it to start functioning a bit better and these are used in extreme cases where the person is experiencing psychosis where the person is a consistent threat to themselves where medication and therapy haven't worked this is rare but there are cases where people really need that extra help and so this is done to help the brain it's almost like to jump start areas of the brain to get it to function as it should in addition to these three mainstream ways of dealing with depression Diet, exercise, meditation, sometimes spirituality and religion have all been useful in complementing efforts towards relieving depression. So I'd like to wrap up by reminding us what I said in the beginning, that a lot of us Africans may have experienced a depressive episode before where nobody knew that we were going through because because of the stigma surrounding depression, we have perfected the art of, you know, slowly dying on the inside yet looking our best on the outside. 
So if you're listening to me and this is you and you're going through depression or you've experienced a depressive episode before or you experience it in the future, I want you to know that it's okay. You're not alone. I want you to know that there's nothing wrong with you if at some point your mind and your brain and your body are saying to you, we are tired. It means we need attention. We need help. Reach out for the help. There's no part of the world and no place in the afterlife where you'll be given an accolade that says, these are the people that didn't go through depression. These are the people that didn't experience any depressive episode. So here is your accolade. If you're struggling, reach out for help. Your life is yours and yours to live alone. Someone might look at you and think that you are not struggling and you don't know what it's like to feel pain. That's the same thing you're thinking about others. Please reach out for help. As always, thank you for listening. I wish you peace and unconditional love.